Welcome to the April 9th, 2020 version of the Science Fiction Club meeting, and we have a really good turnout, I'm happy to see. Leela is here. Leela, in honor of your appearance in eons, your first appearance in ages, could you tell us about a book? I can, and it won't be my last appearance, by the way, too, because my HOA board meeting is now on the third Thursday versus the second, so this is awesome. Um, first of all, I missed you guys. Secondly, I am reading a, a series, actually, and this, this series, if anybody remembers my tastes, I do not, I'm not interested in romance, but uh, um, this is a science fiction series with romance and it's by jd robb oh, um, okay oh no <laughs> isn't that nora roberts by another yes, name yes. I thought so, it, yes. and it took me a long time to even think of reading this series because everybody's oh you should do it you should do it I was like, no, no 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 well it's the in-depth series mm -hmm. by jd robb and there's a lot of science fiction to one of the i won't give mm -hmm. any spoilers but um spoiler alerts but um one of the um, one of the books actually has a droid in it that is involved in a crime. So mm -hmm. I am reading this in-depth series, and it is science fiction because it's way in the future. It's in 2059 and 2060. That's and not this, way. <laughs> well, not, not anymore. Again, pretty darn close, yeah. Yeah. But, the but there's thing a lot is, of space um, travel and stuff. It has, yeah, it has droids, it has space travel, it has um, auto ships, which is kind of like a microwave, but better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's really, yeah, yeah. and, it, and it, it has a lot of stuff, but the problem is this, this series is like 60 books, <gasps> and I'm only, on, mm -hmm. I'm only on the 17th or 18th book, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I'll finish this series, but that's where I'm at. I think the nice thing about those series is they're, they're, they can be autonomously read, too. It's not like a sequential where you have to read the one before it um, in order to get anything out of the, you know, their, their crime, crime thrillers. And, and I like that series, too. But I don't, I don't think you really have to read them um, sequentially. No, it doesn't look like it. But that, like I said, if you don't like romance, skip past that part because it, it's... Right. It's a lot of it, but it's not like it, it doesn't steal from the book, if you will, because if you skip those parts, which there are parts, yes. um, there is there is science fiction to it. And that's the only reason I'm reading this series, because if it, if it, it let me tell you, if it was too, because that's the wrong reason I didn't want to read it, because I'm like, Nora Roberts. Oh, no, 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 no. And I'm like, no, 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 there's science fiction. So Whoa. I tried it and I'm going with it. Well, how many are? How many have you got? How many have you read? And how many are there? I have read like seventeen, or I'm on the seventeenth or something. There's like sixty books in the series. Yeah, it's oh, crazy. Oh my god! It's crazy. I don't know I think that they I finished the whole number I mean, fifty-four. And it keeps, you keep, yeah, it keeps going, going, going. She's still writing them. Yeah. Well, well they're up to fifty-four. Uh, 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 I I think so. Oh my! Oh, is it fifty-four? I think they okay. just released number fifty-four. That's right, and it's golden. This far, I think it, it is. But the narrator on Audible, she is great. It's Susan Erickson. If you guys have ever um, read her, she is really good. Now, 
The bard narrator is one we all know, Martha Harmon Pardee, who is now an audible narrator. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, oh good. Yeah, okay. She, uh, okay, she... good. The thing I like about the series is the interaction of the characters that are mm-hmm. in it. I, I, you know. Yeah, she does well with the characters. She really does. She builds them well. She um, has them interact very well with each other. Um, it's re- It's you know. It's not. Um, it's pretty real. Hmm. Now that's the last thing I would have expected. Oh. Well, I found that I, if, I can't read a, a a book if the characters if I can't if the characters don't interact well. Oh. Uh, well, I know what you mean, Marshall, because um, Marshall, I, I feel right. the same way. I no, feel I agree way. with you. Yeah. I agree, and that's like I said. That's why I'm reading this series is because. When I first started it, I it's a really good series. I mean, um, she does really well. I mean, I can't, I can't. Um, she does really well with the character. She does really well with the plots. And a lot of times, I cannot, I can't figure out who the um, who the killers are. Sometimes you can, but sometimes you can't. Um, but like I said. Um, the one that had the droid involved in the crime, it kind of reminded me of, of um, 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 Isaac Asimov, Asimov in his, um, I, ro- mm-hmm. I know, was it iRobot series? Yeah, the Ardeniel Olivar was the yeah. name of the robot. He was a detective. The Caves of Steel and the Naked Sun were... Yeah, I wrote those, the, those in Braille. Yeah. yeah I oh, by the way, my school series, library. Those series is on Bookshare as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Um, may I go next? Yeah, yeah, guess so. Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. You haven't been here for a while. We were wondering about you because we were talking about Elizabeth Moon last month, and you're the ah. Mooney. You're the Mooney. Yes, I'm the Mooney. <laughs> <laughs> And we were, we, were, uh, we were talking about, I told them I, we were finishing up the Familios Regnant series. Well, often, I, so, also referred to as the Serrano Legacy series. And Anne and I corresponded about that a little bit. And, right. Uh, and how confusing it was, even for the author, apparently. Wow. So um, anyway, go ahead, Anne, with your book, whatever it is. Well, I I have an announcement, and I also want to talk about the the book which are related to the announcement. Uh, today, I put up the seventh book in the Serrano uh, Legacy or the Familius Regnant series by Elizabeth Moon. So, hopefully, uh, all things being equal and all that, they should be up on Bard, all of them. Bookshare. Uh, one through six are already there. Or yep. not Bard, but Bookshare. Bookshare, yeah. Bookshare. And um, I, hopefully I'll get number seven approved. But it's the holidays, so, you know, I'm not expecting anything till next week. I'd just like to say about this particular series 
that it is science fiction at its best because it is speculative fiction. And what it does is it postulates that there is a society where if you have enough money, you can go through a procedure where you are uh, rejuvenated. You are made younger and your, um, your life is extended by something like 100 years or whatever. And you can repeat this process again and again and again. And what does this do to society? How does it affect society? And this is the, the underlying theme of all these books. But the, the thing that, that sets these books apart, I think, besides the fact that the, the underlying um, premise is truly specu speculative fiction, <laughs> is that uh, because Elizabeth Moon was in the military for a while, she is able to write about military life in a very real and a very down-to-earth way, which helps you to understand not only military life, but what it might turn into if our military were turned into a space service um, and what, what might happen um, as far as, uh, you know, how... how all this would be uh, affected. And the thing about this is that you get these fantastic characters. And each one of these books uh, showcases a given character. Uh, sometimes two books showcase the same characters. They're all in the same world, and they're all in the same series of happenings, but the uh, each each book is from a slightly different point of view uh, of of the society, and it's uh, it's fantastic because you go from uh, a growing up book where uh, some very spoiled, very rich adolescents um, end up growing up faster than they had intended um, to a book that showcases what happens when uh, a child is abused and grows up thinking that, that whatever happened didn't really happen and she suffers nightmares and all this kind of stuff and how, how this is, is, worked into the basic theme of all this, but um, it's all about family and it's all about how, you know, how family treats each other. And uh, it's, a, it's just an amazing series. And one of my favorite books in the series is number five, where the, the spoiled adolescent from book one ends up being kidnapped and taken to a planet where she is plunged into a society where women are valued only for their 
procreation capabilities and they have to stay home and they have to uh they can't they can't use any technology at all and so they have to learn how to do all these things without technology you know how to cook and how to sew and how to do all this and um she grows up very fast so i guess what i'm saying is if you are interested in a really good science fiction book uh then i would recommend this series highly so uh you can start with number 1 and hopefully in the next week or so number 7 will be approved but i'm sorry it's not on bard but it is on bookshare oh the series all of the series is not i mean none of the series books are on bard that is correct Okay. Uh, whoever's moving, would you kindly not move your microphone because it's making a terrible noise? Oh, the question from last month was: Before I let you go, these are not related to the Vadas War <laughs> series, are they, or are they not? No, they are not. Okay, um, that was Marshall's question, and I couldn't oh, answer it. <clears throat> that was an awesome series. Thanks to Anne. But yeah, there were we got the five out of the first two were on Bookshare. We got the last five on, so that series is complete now. Oh, nice. On Bookshare, there's the, the Familius <laughs> Regnant, aka Serrano Legacy. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that'll be done. It sounds interesting. It is interesting. It's very interesting. The And books are fairly substantial though. They're not short books. The hard covers are well over 350 pages. Uh the paperbacks are well over 400. You know, wow. the, page, the pages are a little smaller, but you know, the mass market paperbacks are so these aren't little novels. They're in pretty, you know, medium size. They're not huge chunksters like Peter Hamilton, but they're I was just going to say <laughs> No, they're not that they're not on that scale, but they're definitely intermediate, you know, in the medium range. They're not short novels. Yeah, they they range between uh 375 and 400 something like that. Pages. Okay. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Thank you. It was great. I'm glad we did that work. Um Roger, you weren't here last month, were you? No, I was having thunderstorms last oh, month. Oh, that's right. Month before last, two months ago, something about the Andromeda strain came up. <gasps> and I suggested a book that I thought was better than the Andromeda strain, although very similar, and I couldn't remember the title. I knew it had something about Jupiter in it and that it was by Harry Harrison. Well, uh based on that little bit of information, Evan found it on Bookshare. <coughs> it was The Jupiter Plague by Harry Harrison. So, I downloaded it and read it. Um I read it so long ago that I could not really remember the plot. only that I liked it better than the Andromeda strain the version that I downloaded from Bookshare said that it was um published in 1982 and an earlier version that um 
of the same thing, but, but much shorter, was published in, I think it said 65 or 66, under the title of The Plague from Space. And But whatever I read way back when I read it was not The Plague from Space. I'm sure it had the word Jupiter in the title, so it must have been The Jupiter Plague. And I'm sure that I read it prior to 1982. But the Bookshare version was published in 1982. Now, let me say something, some other peripheral things about it. The Bookshare version was supposedly in good condition, so I was expecting a lot of scanning errors, but I did not detect any scanning errors at all. The only problems were that all the page headers were there, and the broken words at the end of pages were not joined. I made a quality report to Bookshare on that, and suggested that I really did not think it needed to be rescanned. All it needed was to be put on the checkout list for somebody to proofread it, and that's really all it needed. Well, they got back to me saying that they were going to go ahead and rescan it anyway. So be prepared for a new scan of it to show up on Bookshare eventually. Anyway, um, what the book is about, it, like I said, similar to the Andromeda strain. It seems that an astronaut, well, several astronauts, had been exploring Jupiter. Not the Jupiter system, but Jupiter itself. These, their spaceship was capable of diving down below the clouds of Jupiter, and boy, was that spaceship built tough in order to stand up to the conditions there. But... The ship comes back, and the astronauts seem to have a disease. Um, it's The symptoms are similar to smallpox, but the disease gets loose into the environment, and voila, pandemic. Um, rather appropriate to these times, isn't it? At first... It can be transmitted from humans to birds only, and then humans can catch it from birds, but humans can't catch it from humans. Then dogs end up getting it, so humans can catch it from dogs. And then it ends up being capable of being transmitted from human to human. And it is 100% fatal. If you catch it, you're going to die. Simple as that. Well, um, of course, they're working like crazy to find a cure for it, but it came from Jupiter. So they end up going back to Jupiter to get the cure. As it turns out, what happened is Jupiter has life, and it has intelligent life. And the intelligent life that lives under the clouds of Jupiter um, are tech, well, they're technologically advanced, but not in the way that humans are. They don't have machines and stuff like that. They are technologically advanced only in biological sciences. And they seem to have purposely infected the astronauts with the intention of just studying and understanding human biology and the biology from Earth. And by the way, shades of 
Orson Scott Car Card and the Ender Saga, these Jovians or these aliens seem to have a hive mind that is each individual unit is just part of a very large population that all have the same mind and the same consciousness and therefore they each individual one of them is extremely expendable and they just assume that the same thing goes for humans um, in the ender um, stories this ended up causing an interstellar war in this case it's more like they realize their mistake and it's like oh sorry about that we didn't mean to kill off entire entities <laughs> let's fix that so they provide a cure and yeah before this pandemic pandemic can wipe out the human race they do have a cure for it and happy day the cure just so happens to cure just about every other disease you could think of too so they have kind of a universal cure on their hands now. And that's basically it. Comparing it to, um, to Michael Crichton's The Andromeda Strain again. Michael Crichton was one of those people who got name recognition. And I think it was because it was from The Andromeda Strain itself, which was made into a movie. And that made his name very recognizable. And so... He became a best-selling author, and once you hit the New York Times bestseller list, just about anything further that you write is going to hit that list, too. So Michael Crichton could not write a book without it hitting the bestseller list. Harry Harrison did write one, Make Room, Make Room, which was made into a movie called Soylent Green, but I don't think his name is so closely associated with it. And um, the, the, the literary work in the movie had different titles. So I don't think he was recognized so much as Crichton was with his. So what it comes down to, Crichton was a best-selling author. And Harry Harrison is practically unknown outside the science fiction community. But in my opinion... Harry Harrison is the better writer, and except maybe in the case of Jurassic Park. I think Jurassic Park was well-written. Uh, some of other, other of Michael Crichton's works I'm not so sure about, but I think Harry Harrison writes better. So in any case, um, I thought it was rather appropriate for what's going on now. It's a story about a pandemic, and... Oh, oh, yeah, something else I was going to say about it. Once the pandemic gets started, people panic. And there was a scene where a mob attacks and kills a woman that they suspect of having the virus. And the whole time I was thinking, this mob is not practicing social distancing very well. <laughs> but in, any, in any case, there you have it. Um, try it out. Like I said, it is on Bookshare right now, and I think the condition is excellent except for the headers and the broken words. But Bookshare says that they're going to scan another copy, so you can try it out now or 
wait for the new copy to come out. <laughs> I might try it out later when things settle down a bit. As I said, Lucy wants to read a book about a pandemic, and I'm thinking that's the last thing I want to read right now. <laughs> no, please, no. about a pandemic. I want to read something, anything different, anything else but that. But I will keep it in mind for later. I've read some of other, you know, that that reminded me when you were talking about the Jupiter, uh, the, the uh, Jovians being more t biologically advanced. That was the theme he used in his Eden books, which were, I thought, were very good. Uh, uh, winter, and, you know, with the dinosaurs uh, used biological, uh, yeah, I think I, there were I, dinosaurs. Uh, yeah, West of Eden. Yeah, yeah West of Eden. And, I thought those were good. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, those were good. That I remember trilogy. thinking. I remember thinking that reading that reading West of Eden was kind of like um, watching an episode of The Flintstones. Uh, it, well, yeah, there were some commonalities there. Um, only he was deadly serious. Um, but uh, yeah, those were well written. And I also read. We also read one of the well, the rat books. Um, stainless steel rat. stainless steel rat books we read one of those though he's got several more that we haven't read um, so anyway oh my goodness now I'm feeling pressed for time I am so sorry people it's okay if we go uh, late That's... Uh, okay well Sherry since you spoke you have to go next <laughs> <laughs> That's the me. rule. I, I just wrote the rule just now. Well, mine will be mine will be quick because I I, I don't think of, we ever had rules in here. Just kidding. <laughs> we don't. Oh, I just make that up as I go I'm along. I'm just kidding. For the heck of it. Well, I started reading the Algebraist. Oh, oh I've wow. had for a while. Um, it starts out with this man named something like Lucifreus, which is an oh. apt name. Yes. And it starts out with him having the head of someone who tried to kill him in his study. And in this day and age, you can regenerate your health. So this head, he can torture it and beat it, and it gets healthy oh. again, so he can do it again. And if they had just said that, that would have been enough, but they are very descriptive. And then, <laughs> like there's, a, then there's another scene right after that where he has another person he doesn't like in a dungeon, and he has this um, same thing. He goes down there to torture that guy, and he also has some bizarre thing where he changed the guy such that his teeth will not stop growing and eventually they're going to oh. grow through his flesh and kill him slowly. <laughs> Again, very descriptive. And I'm sorry, Evan, but you know, I wouldn't mind if he just said he went down and tortured him, but when they start describing what he did... But he's not in most of the book. Until the really? end. Uh, right. Well, you know, I should have maybe continued because I just, I just quit after the second. It's like two torture scenes in a half an hour. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> so you're saying if I would have continued, that would have been it for a while? That would have been it until the end. Okay. Then there's, he comes back in the end because he goes after that, he goes after that uh, list of, well, actually you... you yeah, I haven't even gotten that far to know about he, a list. He goes after, he, he's a bit of a psychopath as you could tell uh, yeah <laughs> really <laughs> and, Sounds like uh, too or something. Wow. But most of the book is taken up with the guy who relates to the jovian aliens they're not jovian but it's a gas giant aliens uh -huh. and and um so that's most of the book is that and and some of it's 
you know, takes most, a lot of it takes place on the Jovian, on the gas giant planet. It's really good. I enjoyed uh -huh. it. I just went through those scenes and went, went on. Uh, I was afraid that if they had two and a half an hour, it was going to be full of them. And I just, yeah. No, it's not. But the ending, there's more in the end. Yeah. Fortunately, but. Um, well, in any case, I skipped and okay. went to something called the God Game, which ironically ended up being horror, not science fiction, in spite <laughs> oh, of what it said. Oh, oh okay. sure. They had it out for you. Yeah, it said science fiction. Well, it wasn't quite as grisly, but um, it was about, the plot intrigued me. It was about an AI game that um, high school kids got involved in, and it starts controlling them more and more, which I found that kind of appealing. These high school kids are really nice people, and they're all nerds, and they're all into computers and stuff, and they get involved in this game, and sure enough, it starts making them do things that they don't want to do or else it will do something to one of their family members or something Ooh, else. Oh. And no. so it, you can't figure out what its end game is and, and they try to figure out how to defeat it and stuff like that. So it was pretty good. It wasn't great, but it was, it was pretty good. But I wouldn't have defined it as science fiction. I guess somebody just saw AI and... Right. Yeah. What was it called? Right. <laughs> what was it called? It's called the God Game. Oh, oh I read Who's that. It by? I it's read by that. Danny Toby. You read it, David? What yeah, did you it, think? It was um, it was amusing. You wonder though at the end, because the the main the main bad yeah. kid lives. So we may see book two. Yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing. I thought it yeah. would have been better if they would have killed him off. But I agree. Yeah. yeah. It was it's scary, by Danny though. Toby, but it was pretty interesting. Um, a lot of computer stuff in there, uh, but not. It wasn't overkill, and uh, so yeah, it was okay. And that's it for me. I can go next if you no, like. Okay, David. All right. I several years ago I read something called um, Dark Lightning by John Farley without and without realizing, hey, that's book four in a series. So just recently I reread I read the first three and reread the fourth one. It's basically about Mars. It's about these um, this brother and a cousin who or the cousin is a sort of very fragile sort of inventor who invents this weird substance that you can, allows you to compress matter down to nothing and they use that as a drive to go to mars um in the first book that's um the first book is called um red Thun red thunder and it talks about them going to mars um, beating the Chinese to Mars, and it talks about how they, um, you know, how they use this technology that the cousin invented. I think what what was interesting about the series is it it you know it, it is science fiction. They don't necessarily get into how this substance works. You kind of have to take it on faith. In the second one, they have to come back from Earth because to earth because part of earth got ravaged by a tsunami and some of their people are still living on earth so they get them bring them to mars in, in the third one they're they're out on uh, the the it, see, it starts with one guy then in the second book it's his son in the third book it's the son's daughter and in the fourth book it's um sort of the grand it's like it goes by generations i'm not explaining it quite as well as i like varley is interesting he wrote other books one was called steel beach arian yep. his, eight, his eight worlds universe where the eight worlds universe has certain rules which body modifications are very easy to do and people do them and 
most of the things are set on, on the on moon or on space satellites or on the moons of Jupiter. I thought it was interesting. The series ran a little bit long, but I thought, you know, like I said, I thought it was, it was, it was fun. It was, it was more the kind of fun sort of book like Robert Heinlein's book, Rolling Stones. In fact, in his last book, he mentions a lot of Robert Heinlein's book titles just in the conversation. He doesn't say they're Robert Heinlein titles. They're just, they just sort of come up as clever remarks in the conversation. So you, have to, you kind of have to be familiar with some of Heinlein's stuff to get them. Podkane, in fact, is one of the characters in the fourth book, and it's a nod to Podkane of Mars by Heinlein. Yeah, somebody mentioned, or I've heard it somewhere, that the, these books were kind of reminiscent of or an homage to right. online or something. They are, the, you like know, like I said, yeah, they're kind of fun. That you know, they're they're interesting, um, but it left me with a sense in the fourth book that it's not, it didn't quite end. He he, he tries mm-hmm. to say that's the end of it, but it looked like to me they were finding a new Earth because the old Earth had gotten really bad you know with climatic trouble but it didn't look to me like the fourth book should have ended the series so who knows he may come back um i did download he he recently came out with iron town blues which is on um bookshare so i may read it i'm not sure where it fits in this universe but i may try to read it it's set on the moon and it's a detective story he he just has an interesting universe to me so i sometimes like to read him just for that so I won't mm-hmm. say any more then. It's it's just it's called the Thunder and Lightning series. And the first one, which would get you started, is um Red, Red Thunder. I read those books a lot. he gosh, that was a long time ago. The last one came out in twenty fifteen, but the other three were out like in twenty oh four, twenty oh six and twenty oh eight. So there's a big gap. And so I had to I went back and re and read the first three and then it the fourth one made more sense when I reread it. My only problem was um what the narrator of one there were several, and the, one of them didn't pronounce names the way the other ones did, and that does that because one said Podkane, and in another book, the other narrator kept calling her Podkaney, and yeah, that, and that annoyed <laughs> me because obviously she hadn't gone back to listen to the previous book to see mm-hmm. how to get the continuity. To get the continuity, that aggravated me. Didn't we read right, this for a book club before, Evan? We read one of them. I don't remember which right. one. I it have was to red. Look. It was red light or red light. I keep wanting to red say red thunder. lightning, red thunder. I, I think, think it, it was. was that one. That's yep. the first one. In some ways, that's the fun one because they sort of build their own spaceship and go to Mars by themselves. Yep. That was has, a fun. One. I like that one. It has that sort of fun pioneer can-do thing. And, it, and the world hadn't gotten all bad and falling apart yet. So it was still kind of interesting. And it was all set in Florida. And one of the characters is Jubal Broussard. So he's, a, yeah. he's this Cajun genius, which yeah. I kind of thought was hysterical. And Jubal's <laughs> another character in Heinlein, oh, okay. Stranger in a Strange Land. That's oh, that, I haven't read that book in ages. Yeah, yeah. Harden. I never read Harshaw. that one. I, I guess I should have. I never read Stranger. It's probably his most famous one. Oh, you should I read. like it the first okay. half. It's, I yeah, like the first yeah. half better than the second half. I oh. agree with you. Totally. It's I always, still, yeah. I like Heinlein's Juveniles. They're fun. Things like the Rolling Stones or Red Planet or the other book. What was the other one I wanted to think of by him? I Will Fear No Evil. That was one of the, that's the 
If I had to pick the worst book oh, I ever tried to like read, it. Okay. was that one. I yeah, tried and I could not. St I, it was well, silly. For the people who haven't read it, it's about a guy, a wealthy guy, who gets his brain transplanted into oh, the body of his that. secretary. Yeah, because she dies yes. in a car. She, she dies in a car. Uh, I could way, not. I read that book. I mean, it was just so. It was stupid, oh, but weird. I liked it. I did too. She's African American, I think. Even Is her name she? was Eunice. I think her yes. Name was Gordon Eunice. Gould read it well, and then Bard redid it with some other narrator. Gordon uh, Gould could read anything. Tell put me in about front it. of him. He, he could. Just Who was read the, there was a there was a woman there. He was amazing. Um, on Bard, I don't remember who it was. She. Um. But uh, the other book I liked a lot by him uh, was The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Uh, Robert I've, Donnelly I've read that I've been wanting one. to read that, and That I was haven't. a good one. I don't know if Bard has a newer copy or if they did, if they did oh, his version. Oh, they probably got rid of the Donnelly one. Well, they didn't get rid of Donnelly reading um, uh, the uh, Ursula K. Le Guin's first two Earthsea books. They got him reading those. Was Mistress uh -huh. on? On records or was it on tape? Because it was on record. I thought it so. Was on Old sixteen yeah. and two thirds. Wow. Yep. I remember trying to read it. You didn't find the language hard to understand. He wrote it in this sort of slang. You didn't find that the no, bit. No, not that you, I can remember. You processed no. it I haven't okay. read it in so long. I can't remember. A not Clockwork Orange is like that too. It's in this slang. You kind of have to get familiar with the slang. Oh, I didn't like that book. It was weird. It was weird. Well, I, I was I was so looking forward to um, downloading Arthur C. Clarke's uh, A Fall of Moon Dust because we Robert, read that. Yeah, yes, somebody did. read that. And I I downloaded it because it came up on Bard, and it's some some other guy, and it's not the same. Oh. Nope, not the same. Who read it before? Robert Donnelly. Yeah, he read oh. the first one. Who and they've got his, and they have Robert Donnelly's reading of Future Shock on, uh, that's not a fiction book, but uh, so they've kept a few of his books. Oh, wow. That's a movie, too. A uh, Liz, we should get you in before yeah, it's the, the too clock, late. Yeah. yeah, it's running. Okay. Um, I'm going to pull up the book. I started reading this book about a month ago, and it's um, unfortunately about a pandemic. And so I actually had to stop reading it. <laughs> um, I think I, I was telling Sherry quite a lot. It, it was really just freaking me out. And it was just in the very beginning when we were really kind of getting the clue that, man, this thing is coming. And we don't exactly know how bad it's going to get, but it's going to get bad. And so, but it's called Station Eleven. And it is by Emily St. John um, Mendel. Yeah, she just came the, up with a new crazy new exactly. Exactly. Well, exactly. You see, I, I, my cats are the glass. Here. The glass um, something is just out by her. <clears throat> yeah, I had heard about it on Fresh Air, so I thought I'd go back and read Station Eleven. Anyway, the DB number on it's um, narrated by Kristen Potter, and the DB is uh, uh, seven nine six uh, nine three. Um, so I started reading it again. The part one is um, where they really kind of talk about the um, pandemic starting. It, 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 they, I, they ca it came in from a flight from China, 
it's in the seattle area oh my god and that's scary it, it, it is so yeah exactly. is it is scary. so pernicious <laughs> that people who are totally healthy in the morning are dead by the evening whoa oh. i mean and i'm just like okay uh, what intrigues me about this and that's why i continued is it's really told from the perspective and, and through the through the experiences of this vagabond traveling group of artists some are musicians some are Shakespearean artists they put on plays they you know they put on little concerts and so part two picks up uh, the story about 20 years after the pandemic sweeps through and um, after people realized that you know, they, they, they tried to travel around and, 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 you know, get out of it for about three years after the pandemic until all the gasoline went stale. And so that, you know, transport, you know, travel was really no longer an option. Um, so there you have these little settlements along the way where people just kind of like ran out of gas and stopped. And the first settlement that this group comes to, they had been to about three years prior to this with, uh, with one of their members and his his musician girlfriend they couldn't those two couldn't continue with the the company because she was about to have a baby so they come back into this town they're looking for them they want to rejoin them um and everybody is like you know oh well they left well where did they go um we don't know um how long have they gone um, well, about a year ago and then they find this cemetery <laughs> on the edge of town and they notice they find grave markers with their with their friends names on them, the him and her and their baby but they realize that there's no grave between the markers and they find out that essentially i mean essentially this 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 particular little settlement was taken over by somebody they keep calling the prophet and their practice is when somebody chooses to leave the town because they don't want to submit to this prophet, and I'm putting air quotes around that, um, they are, once they leave, their funerals are held for them. And they're, Yikes. They're, yeah, seriously, they're dead to these people, <laughs> and they're not allowed to come back. And uh, now I'm into part three of the book, where it's picking up on another character and giving you backstories on them. Um, uh, uh, you know, again, a writer who hooks up with a, uh, artist and I, he's, I don't know. It's, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I, I don't know if I can recommend it or not yet. Um, but uh, I, I've read a lot of the dystopian books, and they're always told from somewhat of a militaristic point of view. So I thought that this one might be kind of interesting, told through like more of an artistic um, kind of thing. So that's my story, and I'll, and I'll give you an update if I finish it. <laughs> All right. Well, you have five weeks next time, so. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Who knows where we'll be in five weeks, right? Oh, my goodness. I think we'll, we'll still be at home. I'm just going to say, I, I, right. I think we're going to, I think we're, yeah, we're definitely going to be uh, sheltering in place through at least April 30th. Unfortunately. Yeah, at this point. Well, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know how it is. Well, it's bad. Here. It's so bad. Hey, here Evan? Right now. Yes. Uh, I don't think Marshall's gone yet. Marshall? I think Martin and Marshall are still both. Martin, Martin and Marshall. They, they haven't. They haven't said anything. No, they haven't. M and M. M and M. Who wants to go? Martin, no. you are. Marshall. I've I've been reading, or re rereading the stainless steel rat series. Oh, 
I recommend you not do it. It's a bit, <laughs> much, to, it's a okay. bit much to take all at once. The basic idea character is a bank robber in the future. Wow. And his adventures and all the things he gets into. Uh, it does get to be a little much after the first two or three books. Uh, but the, the technology they have, they have little gas bombs that put, he uses to put banks to sleep and he goes in and steals the money and eventually he gets recruited into this super secret agency to take care of various things and he winds up going into other universes and forward and backward in time and oh Sherry's book yeah say again I, I, I like, I'm known Sherry. for liking time travel <laughs> yeah I think you just well wow uh, in fact they actually described his childhood and why he became a criminal and his his mentor, uh, they get kidnapped and put on this planet, and his mentor gets killed, and the next book is about his attempt to get revenge on the guy that killed his mentor. But I, I shouldn't have read them all at once. Uh, a little over <laughs> stainless steel rat OD. Overload OD. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are funny, but they're, they're they're too much all at once. But they are good books. Um, I also read, and they're also by uh, Harry Harris. Harry Harris, and I also read uh, Death World One, which is a trilogy he wrote. Um. Uh, I read it back in print when I could still. I read Death World too, and it it was kind of interesting. Where he gets kidnapped, the primary character, it's not the stainless steel rat, gets kidnapped and deliberately crashes the ship on a kind of primitive planet, and his adventures there. I, but right. I never finished off the trilogy. Oh. Is Death World one? Is that on Bard? Or they're all on Bard. Oh, they're all on Bard. Okay. One, well, two, I'll and three. It. I'll check it out. I'll put them in the newswire. Mary um, Harrison's going to be prominently featured in this latest indeed. newswire. You can bet. And I've never heard of that author too, so that's cool. Oh yeah, well, you might like some of his stuff though. We were talking about the Eden stuff that you'll have to. Yeah, I was thinking you'll, of that. You might want to give those a try. Those are really interesting, actually. I think his Eden books are the best. Um, I read those back when I could still see it. It's one of those like alternate history. What if the dinosaurs hadn't died out and they oh, would nice. evolve and develop a new civilization? And I think the women are dominant in that. Is that, am I remembering correctly? There's Which book? The fem females the are, I females think. Females are dominant. Uh, or the dominant. Uh, but that's the Harry Harrison, you mean? Yes. Yeah, the, the Eden yeah, series. Yeah, they are. Yeah. The, those reptile creatures in their world, right. the women are dominant. The males are there just to provide the initiation. The new know, generations. Yeah. yeah. So they, they're in harems. And the narrator <laughs> yeah. who did, I think it was Barry Burnson, did all those clicky things in their language. 
that he did cool. well with that, those pops and clicks. Oh, he in, did a great job. In, in that just... Enikban or something like that was the name <laughs> of where the reptiles lived. It was wild. Wow. Your memory that... is better than mine, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, I read it in the mid-1980s. It came out in the mid-80s. That's I when I read it, but I don't remember it that e well now. Yeah, West of Eden. There, tell, was, there were you three. You can tell when we all like a book, we all have yeah. our memories. And they were oh. clever. If they wanted some technology to be made, they would make they would engineer an animal to be their like magnifying glass or their weapon. Oh. It was a long a hesot son. Oh, it, it was, was quite called. ingenious. He and really Harrison did. Harrison really put a world lot of built in that, that one. He he world yep. built very yeah, well. Give those in that. a try if you're going to try I Harrison. Those, those are the ones try. you want, but give them a little time. They 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 yeah. warm up. Okay. Right, it's how but the Martin, humans and the yeah. reptiles get along. They we got to get Martin in here before oh, it's too sorry. late. And JR no, that's too. okay. And who? JR. Yeah, JR. JR. Well, I don't know if we're going to let him in, though. We'll see. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, he hasn't been here for a long time, and I'm mad at him. So I don't know if we're going to let him in. <laughs> oh. It's Easter. Give him a break. Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, but Martin, you should go first because you're <laughs> – you're, and we'll get Jr. in here. Okay, um, I'll make it relatively brief. Yay, Martin! Hello. The book I <clears throat> read is called Lagoon, by it's an by a Nigerian writer named Nari. I can't even pronounce her name. Let me let me play it, the um, jacket information from the book so you get an idea. In Lagos, three total strangers are drawn to our a marine biologist, a rapper famous throughout Africa, and a troubled soldier are brought together when an alien ship lands in the ocean, causing a tidal wave that will transform them and change the world. But they were not the only witnesses. When word gets out on the internet that aliens have landed in the waters outside the world's fifth most populous city, Lagos begins to erupt. Soon, the military, religious leaders, thieves, and crackpots are trying to control the message on YouTube and on the streets. Meanwhile, Earth's superpowers are considering a preemptive nuclear launch to eradicate the intruders. All that stands between 17 million residents and anarchy and death are an alien ambassador and three altered humans who are now running a gauntlet of horrors within the city in order to save it. Lacoon is a thriller of unparalleled suspense that will force the reader to wonder, when aliens land, what will I do? Okay, that, that's a brief description of it. The book is very interesting. It's written, as, as I say, by a, <clears throat> a Nigerian writer. It takes place in Lagos, the, cap or the capital of Nigeria. <clears throat> they use a lot of, of dialect language. There's a, quite a bit of some of the characters speaking pidgin English which makes it a little bit interesting to, to, to follow. But as the book describes, this uh, this alien is a shapeshifter, and she comes out of the water and goes home with the, one of the three persons who's a marine biologist. And when the, when the people learn about it, they want to try to get her to exhibit her, and there's rioting in, in, the, in the city, and, and, and there's quite a bit of commotion. And, but at the end... Um, she meets the president of Nigeria and convinces him of her goodwill, and she she sort of um, transforms uh, society with her vision of the world. 
that's basically it. There's not a sequel to that, is there? For some reason, I, don't I, think I, so. I thought, I'm okay. Not that I'm aware of, okay, I may be thinking of something else that's Afrocentric science fiction. Sorry. So yeah, you, but it sounds interesting. Does. Did you like it, Martin? I did. I did, yeah. It almost sounds like, um, what's that fish, that, um, that water, that, um, Oh, it was recently movie? a movie about the, the Amazon. It was, the, wait. It was oh, an alien that looked oh, like yeah, a that, fish. Oh, the sh- the, what was it called? The, the Shape of Water or something like that? The Shape that's of Water. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, because it was a movie too. It was. I mean, you really get a glimpse of, of Nigerian life, you know, in Lagos, how the people live and how they react to this strange, unknown thing that's come upon them. They've actually moved their capital to Abuja. It's a, it was a recent, a man-made sort right, of, they, right. they put it in the middle of the country. Lagos is on the coast. Right, and exactly. it, as you said, it's horribly overpopulated. One of those mega cities, like mm. Mexico City, exactly. that are straining right. and bursting at the seams. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think they, I think they have, don't have any seams anymore. No, I think the <laughs> seams got bursty. Yeah, uh, Jr., are you going to speak? I am here. Oh, Yay! Currently oh, is here. <clears throat> I'm currently reading. Uh, what's that? Do you have something? <laughs> yes. Excellent. All right. I'm, great. I'm reading a series of books. That uh, and and I just happened to find the uh, the final one in the series because I got a blip from Audible, and of course I went back and the first thing went is chasing NLS. Not they didn't exist there, so I had to go buy the whole set. Ouch. Um, and they are the the first one in the series is the Legacy of Hero, uh, which and the authors are a notable collection. That's Larry Niven uh, uh, and Jerry, Jerry Purnell. Jerry yeah. Purnell. Yeah. And Barnes. And the, the combination, oh my gosh, what a book. Oh, I'd forgotten Barnes was in there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so they, uh, the, whole, the whole premise of this thing is uh, the National Geographic Society, who is very wealthy at the time this all happens, puts together the first interstellar expedition, and they send them to... Uh, uh, Tau Ceti um, to the fourth planet there as a colony and the uh, the first book in the whole series deals with them as they're getting settled on the planet and uh, the problem they run into with this without knowing they disturb the planet ecology and they wipe out a uh, Oh, they, they, they keep calling them the, the Grendel and Beowulf uh, thing because the guy that's the, the head of security, they just keep calling him Beowulf, you know, because <laughs> he wiped out all the Grendels. And in the process of doing that, they disturb the ecology. And instead of just wiping out six of these creatures, at the end of the book, they have they wind up with uh, one of the other creatures in the ecology now becoming thousands of these uh, creatures and just barely survive having the entire colony wiped out. And the, uh, the second book in the series picks up with their children. Um, and so forth. The third book in the series is a, uh, a jump back book that puts in a, a 
as they said in the introduction, a story that should have been told, but the second book was already long enough. And so they went back and put this one as book three, and it actually fits in time sequence between the first book and the second book. And hmm. um, the, the final book in the series is one published, well, it was released on Audible Tuesday. So oh, wow. it's new, new, new. Um, Wait a minute. And, Jerry Pornell passed away a while back, didn't he? Uh, apparently this was finished and in the pipeline oh, okay. before Jerry's demise. Oh, okay. So uh, they, uh, I'm, I'm still in, in the middle of the second book. Um, and, and I read a couple of chapters of the, the third book just to see how that fit into the timeline. And probably should have gone back and actually read the third book uh, in out of order, but decided, well, you know, I'll I'll do them in publishing order instead of uh, reading order. <laughs> mm-hmm. But thus far, they have been great books, and if you wind up buying them from Audible, uh, you're better off to use credits for the three major books and buy book number three as a, uh, a buy it with cash because it's $10 versus a $12 credit. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so that's what I wound up doing to get the set. And it's been really, really good so far. Great. So these books are not available in Bookshare or Barn? Um, don't know about Bookshare. Uh, they're not available from Bard. I went, that's the first place I went and checked and and they're not available. None of them, not even the first one, which came out in 1987. Oh, wow. So the first one was out in nine, in 87. The next one came out in 95 and the third one came out in 2012, I think. Goodness with long gaps. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. And the, and the fourth one was released in 2020. Wow. <laughs> You've got to go back so, and reread. If I'm you telling you, or you'll forget. If you well, not if they have yeah, a memory like yours, old. David. I don't know <laughs> if they'd have to reread. <laughs> well, but most of us would. Comes. <laughs> most of us would, but I don't know if you would. Hmm, you know, mine I, goes and comes sometimes. <laughs> well, I'm going to hold off because it's already late, and I have to get up early tomorrow. Um, but I'm. I will tell you. I'll just briefly no mention. For the wicked. I have a book that's uh, going to a pro- that's gone to a proofreader that I can tell you about next month, and I'm doing a wish list book, and I'll mention the name because I'll talk about it next month because it'll be in the Bookshare. It's The Humanoids by Jack Williamson, which is not in Bookshare for some reason, but it was on the wish list, and Bookshare scanned it, and I'm going to proofread it, and it will absolutely be in the collection by the time the next meeting the comes humanoids. around. Yeah, it's about the robots that take over for the to make people happy. Oh, Uh-oh. remember that? Oh, no. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I guess you could call it a horror story almost if you want, but it's science fiction for sure. But it's not the way things people would want it to turn out. But the, the it's a classic science fiction. It's a classic right. novel, and it should it be on the like chair. And I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it <laughs> happen. Oh, so, so it's from like the '60s or '70s or something. Well, yeah, it was actually, they had actually done a radio drama. I think Alexander Scorby was the wow. chief robot. Oh, uh, wow. He was, his oh, wow. voice was the, was the chief it was robot. Earlier than the 60s. Yeah, it was it's the 50s. Yeah, amazing. but yeah. they did it on X-1 yeah. 
And Alexander, I thought I recognized his voice, but he does a great mo uh, robot. Oh, he would. And He's, Jack he Williamson, good. by the way, Jack Williamson was one of the very first science fiction writers back um, wow. around 1930 oh, wow. or something like that. I didn't know but that. But he lived a very long time. He lived to a very advanced old age. Oh, my guess he was 98. He was still writing yeah. well into his yeah, he 90s. Was, yeah, he, was, he wrote up oh, yeah. his death. Yeah. Yep. Well, oh, I'm, I'm off. Uh, I gotta, I gotta get up early tomorrow too. So, good night, everybody. All right. All right. I just let me say that the next uh, meeting in the Science Fiction Club will be on Thursday, May the um, what? Fourteenth. Fourteenth. Twenty twenty. 